Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Rewind and Rewatch. Today, we're going to be talking about episode four of As Told by Ginger. Today's episode is called Sleep on It, and it was written by Emily Kapneck, Evan Katz, and Kate Boutillier. So today's episode begins with Ginger and her friends sitting at their lunch table. She's with Dodie and Macy, and they're talking about planning a sleepover. It cuts to Courtney and Miranda sitting at their own lunch table, and Courtney is eavesdropping on what Ginger and her friends are talking about. And she overhears them talking about a sleepover, and she's just in awe that people actually go to other people's houses to sleep in them. And she decides that she wants to plan one for herself. So it cuts to later that night, and... Courtney and her family, it's just Courtney, Mrs. Grippling, and Blake. This is our first time seeing Mrs. Grippling, by the way. And they are all sitting at the dinner table in formal wear. I'm talking pearls on, formal ball gowns, don't know why. And Courtney is asking her mom if she can plan a sleepover. And Blake insists that if Courtney can have people over, then he has to be able to have someone over. Miss Grippling agrees, even though she thinks that the whole concept of a sleepover is barbaric. And it kind of pans out so that we see the Grippling family sitting at the dinner table together. And tell me why there's this big mural of Courtney in the background. I don't understand it. But anyways, we cut to Ginger in her home and she's doing some homework on the floor. And she hears the doorbell ring and it's Courtney and Blake. Courtney is inviting her over to her house for a sleepover. Ginger has directed Blake to the back where Carl is in the doghouse. And I don't understand why they had to come this late. They literally could have just sent like an email, could have sent a letter, left a note in the mail, could have called, could have waited for the next day in school, but decided to come over that night. I don't understand why. So (laughs) Ginger tells her that as long as her mom's cool with it, she should be able to go. And... Courtney's like, I'm sure she'll be fine with it. In the back near the doghouse, Blake is asking Carl to come over for his sleepover. And once Carl finally agrees, him and Hidsey come out and Carl's like, we accept. And Blake is just kind of so like starstruck for a second that Carl is actually coming that he kind of ignores Hoodsie. And so when he finally registers that Hoodsie's there, he's like, dang, I reckon that you'll want to come too. And Hoodsie's like, no, I'm busy. And Blake is not hiding the fact that he's excited about it. He's like, I'll drag in such an obnoxious way. I'd like to also point out that Hoodsie is at Carl's place way too late. It's nighttime. The streetlights are on. Why is he still there? He should be at home. This is a school week too. It just wouldn't have flew back in my time. But anyways, we're going to skip to the Foutleys in their kitchen. Mrs. Foutley has given Ginger and Carl pieces of cake And Ginger is asking her mom if she can go to Courtney Grippling's sleepover party. And Mrs. Foutley says yes. And then Carl asks if he can go, or Carl just tells Mrs. Foutley that he's going to be gone that day too for Blake's sleepover party. And Ginger is so like mortified. She's like, no, this can't be happening. And she's so upset at the fact that Carl gets to go too because... She tries to say, like, isn't Carl in trouble for something? But Carl is actually in the clear for once in his life. And so Mrs. Foutley is just like, yes, Carl, you can go. She's like, sorry, Ginge, he hasn't done anything. He's allowed to go. (laughs) All right, so we're cutting to a new day. And Macy, Ginger, and Carl are at the Bishop's house. And this is our first time seeing Mrs. Bishop, by the way. We heard her voice in the last episode, and this time we're actually seeing Mrs. Bishop. And she's leading them upstairs, telling them that there's like cookies and milk upstairs for them to hang out. In Hoodsy's room, his room is so much cleaner than Carl's, by the way. In Hoodsy's room, 
Carl is telling Hootsie that while he's doing all of the sleepover festivities, he needs Hootsie to be the person that's going to sneak around and steal back his petrified eyeball. And so we find out the reason of why Carl is going to the sleepover anyways, because he doesn't even like Blake. And it's all because of that petrified eyeball that Blake stole in the first episode. So it's coming back. And then in Dodie's room, we have Ginger, Macy, and Dodie. And Dodie is quizzing Ginger on all the guests that Courtney might invite. It's just weird. But yeah, she's sitting there quizzing Ginger and is like, all right, who is this person? What are they known for? Blah, 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 blah. And I think it's normal to discuss who you think is going to be there, but to like sit there and make it a quiz and I, I don't know, it's weird. But anyways, we're cutting back to Hoodsy and Carl in Hoodsy's room and Carl has like destroyed Hoodsy's closet looking for something and we finally see him hold up this glass and we don't really know what it is, but they say that it's moldy, rotten eggs, which is gross. And they have been having those eggs like sealed shut in a glass, like mason jar looking thing for the past two years and they were supposed to open in their freshman year. But Carl needs a reason to get Blake out of his room he wants to use these moldy rotten eggs to scare Blake from his room so that Hoodsy will be able to steal the eyeball back. And he, all he does is twist it open just a little bit and we already hear Macy Doty and Ginger like screaming and gagging and shutting their door. And then it goes down to Mrs. Bishop. She's having a book club. And I thought it was funny. She, in the little snippet that she's talking about the book, you can tell it's one of those cheesy romances. And I just think that it's funny that they added the whole suburban housewife does book club talking about cheesy romance books. But anyways, all of her attendees are like gagging and screaming and running over each other trying to escape the smell. And then it has Mrs. Foutley about to like knock on the door and being bombarded by a whole bunch of people rushing out. And you can just tell on her face that she knows that it was Carl that did something. So on the Foutley's drive home, Carl is grounded and he keeps trying to negotiate his grounding terms saying like, all right, I'm grounded after the slumber party. And Mrs. Foutley is like, I will never forget the sight of Joanne Bishop crying over her book club. She's been running it for 10 years. So Carl, you are grounded. And then she turns to Ginger and she's like, sorry, kiddo, this means that you can't go either. And Ginger's like, me, why? And she tells her that she took the night shift. Mrs. Foutley is a nurse. I don't know if I mentioned that. And so she's like, I took the night shift thinking both of you guys will be gone, but now there's nobody here to watch Carl. And then it kind of like cuts frame and it fades into Ginger standing at the doorway of her house and Diddy and Macy are like there to watch Carl for her. And I'm like, dang, you guys are some real friends because I don't think any of my friends would ever watch my sister so that I can go have fun doing something else. Yeah. I mean, my sisters are old enough now, but I'm talking about at the time when we were in middle school. No. And then who would I have been doing anything with besides them? And I'm getting off point. I'm sorry. Point is, Dodie and Macy are real friends. And they're there to watch Carl so that Ginger can go to the slumber party. And in the back, we see Carl and Hoodsy in the doghouse. And it was mentioned earlier that Hoodsy has a problem when it comes to, like, sleeping over at people's houses. And we don't know what it is yet. But we find out in the doghouse that he wets the bed. And so Carl is like, I will be guiding you through this entire night and we'll put you on liquid and food deprivation so that you 
won't have any accidents. And so he sets up a fanny pack with the camera and he calls it the Carl Cam. And he rigged Maud's old earbud and turned it into like an earpiece so that they can have a two-way exchange. And so he's set Hoodsie up so that he can go and watch him and guide him to stealing the eyeball back. All right, so we cut to Ginger knocking on Courtney Gripling's door and the party was supposed to start at eight. Ginger gets there at 8.15 and Courtney is like shocked that Ginger's there. She was like, why are you on time? And Ginger is like, didn't you invite me? It's It started at eight. And Courtney is like perplexed. She's like, so you actually came on time? And Miranda and her just start laughing at her. In Courtney's room, we hear like this automated voice saying, welcome to Courtney's room. She's so excited to have you here, which is uh, it's on brand for Courtney because she's just so full of herself. Oh my gosh. And Ginger is telling her about how she normally does sleepovers. And she's like, where's everyone supposed to sleep? Because normally at my sleepover parties, people all sleep on the floor in the same room. And Courtney's realizing that she's like over her head and she actually didn't know how to plan a sleepover party. And her other guests have arrived. And she's like, why does everyone keep coming on time? Well, it's not on time technically if people come later than eight o'clock. That's not on time, Courtney. I don't really know what she thinks fashionably late is. Like, what is the scale of fashionably late? Is it 45 minutes late or something? I don't know. But anyways, the rest of her guests come and she tells Miranda to go like stall them while her and Ginger set up real fast. And I think it's the funniest thing. Miranda is like always so over like things that her peers are into. So Courtney was the one that wanted to plan the sleepover party and Miranda was just like, really? Why? And then when everyone's coming in, they're like, oh my gosh, where's Courtney? I want to see what new things she's done to her room. And Miranda's just like over it. She's like, ugh, my peers. And she just sits there and rolls her eyes. First of all, Miranda like shuts the door on Hoodsy's face. I don't see how you don't see someone else coming up. But Hoodsie rings the doorbell and Blake enters the door and he's expecting Carl and he has a big smile on his face and it's just deflated when he sees that it's Hoodsie. And he was like, where's Carl? And Hoodsie has to tell him that Carl's grounded, so he sent him instead. And <laughs> Blake is like, it's hardly going to be the same. And Hoodsie's like, let's just get this over with. I don't even understand. I mean, I guess Blake is really like wanting some company and like wanting some friends because he doesn't even like Hoodsie and he still lets him in the house. But anyways, cutting to Courtney's party, she's about to introduce Ginger to all of the people that she's invited. But because of Dodie's quizzing, Ginger already knows who everyone is. And she's like naming everyone. I would have thought that was weird. If I don't know you and you're just like, but I know you and I know everything about you and your last name and your nickname and blah, 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 blah. Like, that's not like you should have just let that happen naturally. Goodness. Now it's just weird. At least in my opinion, it is. But anyways, we got to cut to the Foutley's residence for a little bit because Dodie and Macy are there making Sloppy Janes. I don't know why they call them Sloppy Janes instead of Sloppy Joes in this show, but they're making Sloppy Janes and they realize that they don't know where Carl is. Carl is in his doghouse, like watching and hearing everything that Hoodsy is doing. And Blake suggests that they go spy on Courtney, like Courtney's party. I don't know why that's a thing for siblings. Like what fun satisfaction do you get out of that just sitting there spying on your sibling but that's what Blake and Hoodsy go to do and then the girls come in as the screen on Carl's TV changes to Courtney's slumber party and they get to see and hear everything that's going on with Courtney's party now they're about to play a game of truth or dare Miranda goes to check something at the door because she hears something and she sees the fanny pack left on the ground Hoodsy and Blake have left obviously and 
I'm just wondering how you don't notice that there's a big old camera in this fanny pack. Y'all are oblivious. But anyways, they're about to play a game of truth or dare. You don't know how much I loathe. No, you don't know how much I hate truth or dare. I hated it in middle school and I hated it growing up and I still don't like playing that game to this day. It's just, it's so annoying. It just brings back a whole bunch of terrible memories of people pressuring you to say or do something that you didn't want to say or do and making you feel like you're a party pooper for not wanting to play this dumb game. It's so irritating, goodness. But anyways, they call on Ginger and she says truth and they ask her for her darkest secret. And because the fanny pack is still in the room, they can see and hear Ginger. And so it cuts to Dodie saying, oh no, don't tell him about your hairy legs. And then it cuts back to Ginger and she says that she's had a crush on Ian Richardson since the third grade. And everyone was like, wow, oh my gosh. Cause they're like, wow, you're so brave. And um, Cordy's like, I would have just lied. It cuts back to Hoodsie and Blake. Hoodsie gets a chance to take the eyeball back when Blake goes to check for something the chef has done. And yeah, the Griplings have their own private chef. They're that rich. So Blake goes to check about something, some food that the chef has left for them. And Hoodsie steals the eyeball. And Carl is trying to like goad Hoodsie to come back. And Hoodsie is long gone when Blake comes back and is like, we're in luck. Chef has made chicken cordon bleu. And he realizes that he lost Hoodsy then because Hoodsy can't resist good food. All right, so I'm going to skip ahead just a little bit because a lot of other stuff happens, but it's just not that important. I've set the scene so far of everything. So we're going to skip ahead for a little bit and we're going to get to the good stuff. So Hoodsy's in the kitchen. It's late at night and Hoodsy's like ramsacking their kitchen uh, fridge and like just eating everything. And... Oh my gosh, every time I watch this scene, it reminds me of when I had a slumber party in high school. I think it was my sophomore year, and it's just so embarrassing. I'm so embarrassed for how I acted now. I mean, I was embarrassed when it happened, honestly. So it's me and three other friends, and I had prepared for the slumber party like from the night before to the day of the slumber party. And I was exhausted. So it gets late at night and my friends are like, I've fallen asleep. My friends are just sitting around chilling. And I wake up to some like whipped cream on my face. And I remember just being like, if you don't know me, you don't know that I get cranky when I wake up. And it's something that I work on. Some days I can handle it and I can like be objective and like not be cranky in the morning and then some days like it depends on how tired I am where I'm just I'm just in a pissy mood so this is one of those days where I was just in a pissy mood because I had just been preparing and so I was mainly upset about the fact that my friends let me fall asleep and that I was missing like all the conversations that they, everyone was having because I was just missing out on it and it was my slumber party and and then I got mad at them for being in my fridge. And I was like, why would you do that? Blah, 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 blah. Oh my God. I just, I think about that too often and I cringe. I'm so sorry to my three friends if you're listening to this. <laughs> but anyways, back to the story. So Hoodsy's in the fridge. He's eating their food and he hears people coming and he likes, does this karate move and flip 
to the cabinet to hide out. And he overhears Miranda and Mipsy talking about how they're going to put Ginger's hand in a glass of water so that she pees herself. Well, Hoodsy, being a great kid, he goes to Courtney's room and he removes Ginger's hand from the glass of water. And then he drinks the glass of water, which I think is gross. Someone's hand was just in that. And then he just like passes out right there on the floor in front of Courtney's like doorway. And we cut to the next scene. It's like in the morning and all of the girls are like standing around Hoodsy and pointing at him saying bedwetter, like how juvenile of you. I mean, they are in middle school, but still. And Blake like rushes in the room. I guess he hears the commotion and he's upset because he lent Hoodsy his robe. And Miranda points out that Courtney's going to be so upset about her fluffy white carpet. And Courtney comes in like the circle. She breaks through the circle and she's so upset. And Ginger's finally like, don't you guys think you can give him a break? He was just a kid that had a little too much to drink. And Courtney's still upset. And then Ginger is like, you know what? Truth or dare, Courtney. Oh, we're about to get the best exchange in this episode. So Ginger tells Courtney, truth or dare. And Courtney is like, I'm not about to play this childish game. And then, of course, Ginger's goading her and is like, oh, you're probably just too chicken. So then Courtney picks truth. And Ginger's like, didn't you ever wet the bed when you were younger, even if it was just once? And Courtney lies and is like, no, that's disgusting. And Ginger goes off and is like, you know what? If you're not going to tell the truth, you might as well just pick Dare. And she grabs her stuff and she's like, come on, Hoodsy. And they leave. And everyone was just like, oh, snap. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe she said that. And Miranda is talking to Mipsy. She's like, Ginger Foutley is so history. And she thinks like this is going to be the end of her and Courtney. And I don't know what's up with Miranda hating on Ginger so much. Back at the Fatley residence, Carl has his eyeball back. He's happy and he's like, you left your mark as well. This has been the best revenge. And Ginger and Macy and Dodie are all sitting at the table too. And they're talking about like some of the events from the party. And then the episode ends with Ginger in her room and she's writing about how she hopes Courtney has a sense of humor because she froze her bra. And I don't know why that was such an early 2000s thing. It was in the movie Sleepover as well, if you've ever seen that movie. What does that do? What was the point? How is that a practical joke? Like, what? Anyways, that's how the episode ends. Alright, so now it's time to get into some themes and just insights that I found in this episode. I want to begin first by saying that there are a lot of parallels to the first episode. So we have Courtney Grippling throwing this huge bash. In the first episode, it was her surprise birthday party. And in this episode, is a slumber party. We have Dodie overreacting and getting way too excited about this, more so than Ginger. Like, Ginger's excited, but Dodie is going over the top. We have the petrified eyeball that makes an appearance and trying to, like, get revenge. That's another theme that is paralleled with the first episode. And then we have Miranda playing a prank and it not turning out the way that she hopes it does. So in the first episode, it was her calling the police and getting upset that Ginger was still sought out as cool. And in this episode, it was her trying to make her pee herself, and then that ultimately failed. So I just thought that was interesting. Now, the first theme that I thought of for this episode was biding your time, because it's three episodes later from the first episode, or on episode four, and Carl is just now getting his petrified eyeball back. 
And I think that is some excellent patience of biding your time and just waiting for when the moment is right and not trying to rush things. I feel like we learn a lot from Carl, even if his motives are not always for the best, but still, he was waiting for the correct time for him to be able to get his petrified eyeball back. He's waiting for an opportunity. And I think Ginger's theme came later and it was, no matter what, stick up for your beliefs, like stick up for others and like maintain your integrity. So while everyone else, all the other girls were sitting there pointing at Hoodsie and like making fun of him, Ginger definitely could have done the same if she wanted to like fit in but she doesn't. She's like trying to remind everyone that it's a mistake. He, you guys were kids once too. You should know what it was like. And she sticks up for Hoodsie. And I think that's great. She values her integrity more than she does like seeming cool to the rest of them. We get more of a glimpse into how great of a friends Macy and Dodie are because they're willing to watch Carl while their friend goes off to have fun. We see that Courtney is so full of herself and clueless because her mother is. And it was taught to them to be this way. And so that's how they act as well. Her and Blake, that's how they act as well. So far, we don't really have any hope for Courtney and like an improvement. It's only been four episodes in and she's just like, she's just so self-absorbed and doesn't care past anyone other than herself. And like when she sees Hoodsy and she sees that he's peed up her floor, the first thing she's thinking of is that her slumber party is ruined. Like, this one little moment is not going to ruin the night of fun that everyone had. We get to see Hoodsy act on his own a little bit more. Carl is normally, like, the mastermind and Hoodsy's, like, the sidekick. But this time, Hoodsy was flying solo, just about. And we see how... We see a little bit of his morals and how, like, he wasn't going to leave. He knows Ginger and he wasn't going to just leave her hanging, even though him and Carl always, like, make fun of their older siblings. But he realized that they were doing something wrong and he helped out. And so I like that about Hoodsy. We see that Blake is back to wanting approval from Carl. He was so excited for Carl to be there. And it was just like the first episode when Carl invites Blake to come play with him. And he was so excited. And now this time the role's reversed and he invited Carl, but he's still so excited and he wanted Carl to be there so badly. And uh, he still has like this like shock and awe factor when it comes to Carl. Miranda is just as conniving as ever. And now she has someone who like aids and feeds that like viciousness to her and that's Mipsy. We see more of her later and we see why they are a terrible duo together. We didn't get Darren in this episode, which was kind of sad. Can't wait to see more of him later. I do like how this episode ends with Ginger writing in her journal, like having no hard feelings for Courtney Grippling. She's like playing a practical prank on her, but she's not doing it to be like malicious or anything. She is doing it hoping that it's like good fun and kind of ending on a lighter note. And so I do like that she wasn't trying to like be rude about it. She said what she had to say and she's hoping that she was able to like alleviate some of the sting by just playing this practical joke and hoping that Courtney has the same sense of humor, which again, I don't get the whole humor of freezing a bra thing, but apparently in the early 2000s, it was a thing. But yeah, the takeaways from today's episode were to stick with your morals, keep your integrity, even when it's not the coolest thing to do and to bide your time and wait for the moment, the opportunity that presents itself to you to do something, 
to take back your moment. Well, with all of that being said, I guess I will see you guys next Saturday.